You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, and recovering Mavs fan. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? We're like 24 hours removed. A little bit more than that, yeah. A little more than that. As we're recording this. We have... Probably listened to some podcasts since then. We've read yep. a ton of instant mock drafts. Of course. Um, we've been on Twitter a lot, talking to a lot of people, tweeting a lot. Do you have any type of different feelings? How are you feeling 24 hours later? Anything different? Anything you're more sold on? Anything you're more scared about? I feel like it's Bamba or nothing. Like It just doesn't feel like anybody else is mocking anybody else but Bamba to the Mavericks. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. And I've come to terms with that. I think I'm okay. I was talking to a guy tonight who was a fairly casual Mavs fan. You read some stuff here and there, but he was like, man, I was was pretty disappointed. I was excited about, you know, the idea of Doncic, but, you know, I don't know. I guess some of these other guys would be good too. And so I think it's our job now to just get the fan base hyped about who's coming up for the Mavs next because these guys are going to be Well, I'm glad it's Bamba because we've been, I mean, I feel like a lot of Mavs fans have tweeted at us over the past couple of weeks and be like, man, between Jeff Skin Wade and Locked On Mavs, y'all have been the biggest like pushers for Bamba. Yeah. And and we have. Um that and I mean, have. we did our big boards a few weeks ago and I said he was right there with Aiden for me as far as like Dallas wise at two and three, you know, after Luca probably, but or who I thought Dallas would pick. Wow. So yeah, I mean I'm okay with Bamba. I love Bamba. And, I mean, it's like I said last night. I mean, I, I don't really – if Bamba's there at five, you got to take him. You know, if those three – you know, Bagley, Luca, Aiden, throw off the board. That's just not going to, like, happen. But then it just gets down to what Memphis does at four, whether it's Jaron Jackson, blah, blah, blah. A lot of, almost every mock saying Jaron Jackson right now. Either him there or him to Atlanta. But – Man, so I took to my Twitter to proclaim my my Mikael my Bridges love. <laughs> and uh, I'm surprised the feedback it got from it. I did a long thread explaining why I would take Mikael Bridges at five. Um, I'm saying that because Bamba, I'm very clear. If you listen to the pod, I'm very clear that Bamba is ahead of Mikael for me. Like, I want Bamba there if he's there at five. I'm saying in this scenario that Bamba and Bagley are gone. I'm taking Mikel Bridges over Jaron Jackson and Michael Porter Jr. And I went on this big thread and about comparing him to Clay Thompson and how this is why I would want Mikel Bridges is because what Clay does for Steph, I think Mikel could do for Dennis. Clay came into the league at 21 years old. Like this is what Mikel is doing. Clay came in, spent three years of college. Clay shot thirty nine percent his last year of college. 
came in as this shooter and stuff. What he does at Golden State is he 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 takes all the pressure. He allows Steph to be Steph. Like he takes all the pressure off of Steph defensively. He is. I even put a stat in there. Advanced stat. Let's go. Oh man! <laughs> From synergy. Wow. Wow. Let's get, get big. Wow. What is Clay Thompson's biggest like attribute? Biggest thing is his catch and shoot ability for Golden State. See, I would say more of his his uh, China Clay persona. That's that's I think what's what's going for him the most. <laughs> but like his his catch and shoot is what makes Clay Clay, especially in their offense. Mikel ranked in the ninety fourth percentile last year in catch and shoot. He shot forty three percent from three last year. Same height. That's just as overall. Clay. That's not just catch and shoot. Forty three percent overall. That's huge. Overall, like. And here's the thing, like Clay plays the two in Golden State. Mikel is the same height. They're both six seven. So like he can play the two alongside Dennis, except the difference is Clay's wingspan's six nine. Mikel's a seven two. And Jeez. that's a huge difference. That's bigger so, than Bagley. That's a lot bigger than Bagley. Yeah, so like that that's that's my whole thing. And then we're not even getting into like how the league is changing now with Boston and Golden State. We mentioned it on yesterday's pod and how just the interchangeable wings, everything like that. I'm not saying that they will be Steph and Clay, but let me solidify my backcourt. And in and in particular, I don't know if there's a player that would maximize Dennis the most than Mikhail at this spot. This would immediately take all the pressure off Dennis and allow Dennis to be Dennis for the next decade. And that's, I love that potential. I love every bit of that. He would be to Dennis what like what Clay is to Steph. I think it would be similar what Jalen Brown is to like Rozier and Kyrie Irving. I think take it a step further. He's a better shooter than Roberson, but look the impact Roberson had on Westbrook, and how like he takes that pressure off Westbrook, allows Westbrook to be more free. So yeah. There's a lot that goes into it. I'm not saying he's the exact replica of Clay Thompson, but the impact Clay has, the role that play that Clay has, I think Mikel could be that. And that's why I'll I'll campaign for this. This I'll gladly I said I'll president this fan club until draft night. Let me I will steamroll on this right now. So yeah, I'm all aboard Mikel Bridges over Jaron Jackson Jr. So that's one of my first questions for me is what what is your has your rankings of those four players changed since last night and what is what are your rankings? I think the only thing that has changed for me, I might put Bamba over Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, Just be please come on do that. I I'm still I'm still torn on it because Jaron Jackson Jr. coming in is already the more polished you know, shooter. Now, Bamba's working on it. We've seen that. We've seen the tapes and stuff, but he shot like 40% from three in college. Bamba only shot 27%. So, I mean, there's still a big difference for him to try to catch up in that. Like, Jaron Jackson came into college as a shooter, whereas Bamba sort of made that his thing as he went along. Now, I think, you know, if, if the Mavs draft Bamba, I'll be like, yeah, he's a shooter. <laughs> and I'll call him that and I'll, I'll go with it there. But I'm with. I, I'm with you when it, when you talk about taking the pressure off Dennis, but what would take the pressure off Dennis more than anything is a big that's super good defensively that can cover up mistakes that can also cause transition offense, which is really what Dennis thrives in. I'm not sure if you get that as much from a wing as you could from a big shot-blocking rim protector that's What's deterring shots. Oh, a rim protector for sure. Oh, I don't know. See, I think a rim protector is is the most important thing for I for mean, if Boston and Golden State goes there, Horford's not the Horford rim protector. Is, yeah, Horford's he's, a rim protector. 
he's not the rim protector like a Mobamba or Capella or something like that. Who's rim protector for for Golden State? Uh, Durant and Draymond. But I'm saying they're they not are the, though. They're they not are the five, though. They're not the anchors though. That's okay. Well, that's like saying you can take uh, any fi- any power forward and be like, okay, well he's gonna be our anchor. He's gonna be our rim no no protector. no. See, there's a difference between an anchor and a rim protector. So like for the Miami Heat, their rim protector was they had between LeBron and Wade, they were both their rim protectors because they they both blocked shots. They were both like around the rim. They helped off the weak side. Like those are the guys that that sort of anchored their defense in that way. There is, I mean, you look at like there's who's more important to Steph's success, Clay or Draymond? Draymond. Oh, I totally disagree. Draymond, I think a hundred percent. Absolutely one hundred percent disagree. Because who gu- who guards the who guards the hardens of the world? That Steph can't do it. D- Dennis Dennis ain't either. Like that's the thing. Like that's what's more important, I think. There's too many elite guards and ISO guys in this league to where Dennis is not gonna be that. Steph can't do it. So Clay do, does that. Do we want to talk about how many Draymonds there are in the league? Guys that no, can, no, guys, that can guys that can play the perimeter and then be a big that it, that spaces the he floor. He can't that guard one. Harden though. Like that's that's you have to maximize the guy that you have. Like that's why Clay is a hundred percent more important to Steph to me, a thousand percent more than Draymond because Clay takes all that pressure off Steph. If, if you're Clay's talking about not, just the player specifically, I might be able to understand that, but I think Draymond's more important to that team. Uh, no, 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 we're talking like Steph. Yeah, if you're talking about just the, the one success. player, yes, I might, I might go with you on that. But I still think Draymond is more, more impactful to Steph. Okay, we can disagree on that. We can. I think the drop off. I think having Nick Young in Clay Thompson's place is detrimental to Steph Curry completely. How about because how about having uh, anybody in Draymond's spot having? JaVale, Zaza. I think Clay going to Nick Young is much worse for Steph Curry's success than Draymond to like Kevon Looney. Would the death lineup still be the death lineup if it was Nick Young instead of Clay? Or would the death lineup be the death lineup if it was JaVale? It's not about the death lineup. We're talking about Steph's success. I'm talking about maximum. This is one of the angles why I want Mikel as as Clay is because it maximizes Dennis more. Okay. Dennis will work perfectly fine with Bamba, and I think that's great to have the rim protector. It's just we've talked about one of the biggest things with Dennis is he can't, like, while Wes fits next to him, it's because Wes takes all that pressure off. Wes ain't going to be there forever. No, but we also, st- like, I think that a rim protector would be more beneficial for the way Dennis wants to play. A rim protector, especially that can space the floor in the same way, they can take that five and pull that five, that rim protector that we've been talking about, pull that five out of the lane. That'd be so huge for Dennis. Any kind of transition offense they can create and any type of lane that he can open up would be massive. Is Mikael Bridges going to pull away a five from the rim? No, he's just going to pull like another, you know, wing wing defender away. Like it doesn't really change too much for me. So, well, so now, because because so the way- you're making the argument now for the for that the center is more important than these wings. No, specifically, and like if we're talking about just for that one player, I think having a rim protector would be better for the way Dennis wants to play than the way that that Mikael Bridges plays. If we're okay, talking so about just the idea like, of the Steph player. Curry. So Steph Curry is completely different. I mean, like, what if we bring back Seth Curry? Like, what, like, 
can Dennis guard the Hardens of the world? Like no, the, the Hardens, the Westbrooks, the every single night we like that was the story last year. Yeah, of, I would argue that Dennis, no one that no one can guard the Hardens. <laughs> well, I'm saying that was the story last year. Every night it was Dennis was going against Lillard, McCollum, Harden, Westbrook, the Mike Conley. The list goes on. Clay Thompson takes those matchups now, and that's what helps them so much. Yeah. And like, cause Steph can't do it. You can hide allows... Steph on, you can hide Steph on anybody. Exactly. Ariza or whoever. And because of how this game is played today, of how it is transitioned to this six, seven game, what makes Boston succeed and do what the crazy things they're doing right now is because they have two wing, they have these wings and Morris Tatum, Jalen Brown, all these guys, Marcus Smart, even that they can switch all of this crap. Like you immediately, like, I'm all about Bamba and like Jackson would be cool and stuff, but you do have to figure out going into this Rockets Warrior series. What was the big thing? Can Capella stay on the court? I mean, can what are they going to be? I mean, he's held his ground, but how many centers across the league just can't play against? Couldn't play in this series against the Warriors. I mean, they'd take him out in a heartbeat. There's a whole bunch that could though. <laughs> that their their team that their teams like, just aren't good enough yet for them to be in this situation though. Like. We're talking about the Anthony Davises, the the Towns, the MB. Like MB well, can play, right? At Horford, Horford ate his lunch. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, but, Horford was going right around him and key plays in that game. Fourth quarter, like, see ya. Like that's. I mean, he's got to get in better shape. I mean, that it, can he be quick <laughs> enough? Robert Robert Parrish should eat his lunch. Yeah. So like <laughs> that. That's my thing. That that's why I lean towards these wings like as the most important. I feel like Kirk Henderson right now because like for the past like month, that's this has been his whole thing. He's preached and him and Doyle about why they wanted Luca over everybody is because this this game is how it's transitioning away from these bigs. And until until a team in this era wins with a wins a title with one of these big dudes at playing 30 something minutes a night that it, it's just going to be like that. And you got to figure, I mean, you got to figure out how to, I just, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing about what, what you've been saying is what's more rare. Uh, a three and D wing is very rare right now. There just aren't, there aren't really a ton of them. Uh, that shoots at, that is elite all the way around. Like Mikel right. is not shooting thirty five percent. He's shooting forty three percent from the field. Seven two wingspan. Like that's yeah. the. I'm with you on that. I I, I love Mikel Bridges. I was I was high on him too. Yeah, uh, and that's why I love Mobamba. Like I would take Mobamba over Mikel Bridges. Like that's fine. Jaron Jackson's a little different for me. Like Jaron Jackson is Miles Turner to me. It, up and down. And like it's fine. Like it's one. He's one of his dudes where like you're excited about. It. Like yeah, cool. Yeah, man, we got Jaron Jackson. But is he like? the next level guy like right now i feel like we're gonna have the same exact conversation about jan jackson in a couple years that we're having about miles turner right now like miles turner averaged like 12 points what eight rebounds where the, shot like where the 35. idea of the player is much better than the actual player yeah like in like we're looking at him like man he's young he has so much talent like this is really cool but like how what is his ceiling you know like what is like i think he will be jan jackson will be a solid player for 10 years in this league, but will he have an elite type upside that I think Mo Bauman stuff has? No. And that's why I don't have, like, I'll be, I'll be happy for Jackson. That's fine. If we get him, I'll try to build him up and like all this stuff. I'm just not there. Like some people are, some people, I feel like he has like a cult following. I've had more Jaron Jackson fans come at me on Twitter over this past 24 <laughs> hours 
I didn't even know he had this many. I mean, he has more fans in the Mavs fan base than he does in the Michigan State, or else they would have got given him more minutes. Okay? They've so. pivoted from from Marvin Bagley very very quickly. I I would take Mikael Bridges over Marvin Bagley personally. I would take the two bigs, the two other bigs. Oh, I wouldn't do that. No. Bamba and Jackson over him, and I would also take Bridges over Marvin Bagley. No, I I just well, I'm just really high on Bagley. I mean, I, I I really think Bagley in five years, it wouldn't shock me one bit if he's the best player of this draft in five years. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, okay. So what? What? Real quick, your four, the four you have in order. Bamba oh, first or Jackson? If we're just going for the guys we think that the Mavs Bamba, have. Bamba, Bridges, have, Jackson, Porter. I would go Bamba, Jackson, Bridges, Porter. Okay. Still, and it, let's say let's say we know Porter's healthy. I would pick him. Probably over Bridges, and that's probably it. But I would even still think about that a lot. Oh, I would think that. I would think a lot about that. Yeah, I. I he's just the one guy that I. I just can't. I can't give an opinion on him until stuff comes out, and people can't continuously tweet at us and be like, "So, okay, well, if he clears medically, what? It, well, that's a big if. Like, you can't just say if he clears medically. Like, his I mean, camp's gonna say the right things. Like, we before. live on hypotheticals, though. That that's what we do. Is we live off of hypotheticals. Like, we feed off of them. But he still had the back injury, so like yeah. that's the like. I don't what it, what if can we be like what is the if the, the big the big the big issue for me is that if it was a wrist this would be a totally different conversation it's not like it's it, man it's a back that's huge that's connected to everything I mean your backbone's connected to your arm bone your backbone's connected to your leg bone your backbone's connected that's everything it's, you could sing that song over and over on a loop and it would just connect to everything yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I, it, I just, I can't give any type of opinion on Porter right now until an update comes. All right, give me uh, one more question. Give me another question, uh, but let's take a real quick break first. All right, Isaac, give me another, give me another draft question. Something you've been thinking about. Something that has come to your head uh, over the past twenty-four hours. Okay, so I have two, but I'll start with one first because this is a shorter one. Can slash will Dallas try to move up, and what is the benefit of it? I don't think they will. It doesn't seem to me like they're super thirsty for something, for a higher pick. It feels like they're satisfied with where they are. And it, and to me, it's kind of smart because you're moving up. Like all these guys are still questions in my in my mind. Even even Doncic is still a question mark. We're just not we're just not sure. We just haven't seen enough. And so to give up something, maybe they have something established. Maybe something future, another future chance, another pick, something like that. I don't know. They just they need to just take shots where they are right now. Five is five is very high. I mean, we were complaining about it yesterday. We'll complain about it still. We'll complain about it just because they could have got three or two or one. But five is still that's a good spot. Yeah, I think the only person would be Bagley, and because I just don't, I don't think Phoenix and Sacramento trade. I think they just take who you know. I think Luca goes one, Aiden goes yeah. two. I will say this: I listened to a pod today, and it was Woj with Gavoni and Schmitz. Yeah, I listened to that too. And he was talking about like 
how Luca has the power. We talked about this last week yep. about how like, well, Lucas can't try to <clears throat> force his way somewhere. One of the ways he could force himself somewhere is if he looks at Sacramento and says, I don't want to go there. I'm just going to re-sign a real Madrid. If you draft me, I'm yeah. not going to come over. Yeah. That, that was there. huge. I was like, man, that is such a good point. He could do the same for Atlanta too. So like, <clears throat> that's the thing. Like, you know, if he, I don't think he would go past Atlanta. I think he would do it to go to Atlanta. Um, but, you yeah. think he would want to play for Atlanta over Sacramento for sure? Especially well, yeah, but the city of Atlanta, like you get more keys to the kingdom in Atlanta, like you immediately just become the guy in a big city. And I mean, compared to like the whole, and you're in the East, then you go to the whole of the Kings, and they already, you know, they drafted Fox, and they just, I don't know, it's just the Kings. By the way, I've been thinking about this today. The Kings have not been as dysfunctional this past year as they have in the past. They had some weird stuff with, uh, with you know, the Papa Giannis waving. They had a couple things here and there, but not as like as dysfunctional as they have been. Like they draft, they drafted Harry Giles, I guess, but they just took a swing for the fences on that one. But De'Aaron they Fox, stayed, so I mean, they should have stayed at ten instead of getting the other two picks. I mean, that I will say that, even though because they moved back and got Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. Like, okay, that's cool, but like. You could have stayed at ten and still gotten somebody like Monk. I mean, if Zach you want to say Collins. Don- Zach Collins, aka Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, <laughs> you know, you could have took Donovan Mitchell. Oh, it is. we hit him with it. But no, so like I think the two teams to look at is Atlanta and Memphis in the mindsets of if Atlanta's sitting there saying, "Man, this is going to be a super super long rebuild. Why don't we just try to get more assets?" And so if they look to somebody like if it's something really simple and they like Dallas is like, man, we really wanted Bagley and they call up Dallas and say, OK, well, we just want another asset. We like any of these guys, Jackson, Bamba, whoever it is, anybody can fit with our squad right now. So, like, give us, you know, a, a future first, you know, similar to like what Philly did to move up, you know, with Boston to get faults like you throw in a pick and, you know, you protect it or whatever it is. I wouldn't give up next year's unprotected pick to move up for Bagley, but I would give like top 10 protected. Top I would five name protected. my firstborn child to do it. I don't know. <laughs> um, so like I could see something like that. If Atlanta saying whatever Memphis is super intriguing to me as a trade spot because they're pissed right now. Okay. Like, yeah, they're so mad. They want it. They, I mean, there was not a team in this league that tried to tank harder than what the lineups Memphis was throwing out there. Yeah, not even second, not even Phoenix. Who Phoenix had no. Phoenix tanked harder last year than Phoenix they did this Alec past Peters, year. Okay, yeah, Phoenix did tank. Phoenix, man, they uh, Phoenix tried harder last year, but I think Memphis tried harder this year. Oh, than for Phoenix sure. Did That's last what. Yeah, year. I was agreeing with you. The crap that Memphis pulled out, but like, so Memphis is a team to where <clears throat> they want to. Like, this is why I don't think Bamba's even in play for him because they want to win now. They want to run it back. They want somebody can contribute now. So, like, they're the team that I think could move down, that move down, still get a pick, but get, like, a, a, a player that can play now. So, I actually have a trade for you for Memphis, not for Ooh, Dallas. Ooh, a Memphis trade. Give it to me. Tobias Harris in the 12th pick. Maybe even the 13th pick. It would it cost that much? Tobias Harris, the 12th pick, and the 13th pick for the Clippers to move up to four. Wow. They would have to trade to make the salaries work. Tobias Tobias makes $14 million next year. So yeah. they'd have to trade Jermichael Green, which is an expiring, and Ben McLemore, which is an expiring. 
and the fourth pick for Tobias, 12 and 13. That's finally their wing they've been wanting for so long. So Memphis gets their wing and Tobias Harris that wins now. Then they get they get 12 and 13 in the late lottery too. They get, they could probably get like a Miles Bridges there too, maybe. Yeah. Then Clippers move up to four. They're in this weird rebuild mode. They get their cornerstone, you know, whoever it is at four. And they get off the Tobias money. I like that one. <clears throat> okay. So I'll essentially essentially you're trading uh if you do just one pick in Tobias, you're trading Blake Griffin for the fourth pick. <laughs> if you look at it that Kinda. way. I actually haven't okay, so I'll go ahead and throw this one at you too. Would anybody, would any team in the league take on the contract of Gallinari for the twelfth and thirteenth pick attached? Ooh, if I'm Dallas, I'd probably do it. Because the Clippers want the cap space for next summer in 2019. That's the big... They're already going to have a ton. But if they could shed Gallinari's contract and did just go ahead and embrace the tank for next year, they would go into 2019 with a, I mean, a pretty much clean slate. So <clears throat> would it be worth it to the Clippers to shed Gallinari's contract with the 12th and 13th pick attached? And if you're Dallas, would you do that? Would you sacrifice all your cap space for basically... Gallinari, whatever that is, and but basically for the twelfth and thirteenth pick. So Gallinari is twenty one and a half million next year, twenty two and a half million the year after that, and those are both fully guaranteed. Yeah. And and then it's Huge. then it's done after that. No no restricted, no you know option or anything. So it's just two more years of of cap space hell essentially. <laughs> yeah. But you get out, you got from under West Matthews next year, and you could get a solid player in Gallinari. I mean, you'll get him for probably forty games a year. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you'll get yeah. something. You you probably won't get, you know, seventy, eighty games, but you'll get something from him. I think somebody like Atlanta should do that deal in a heartbeat. Yeah, they who are you getting otherwise? That could, that could do it. You get the two extra picks, whatever. All right, so let me get let me get to the second question. Can we go over just a little bit today? Sure. Yeah, we can do whatever. Okay. We want. All right. So so, so wait, hold on. Give it. Give me this question uh, in just a second. All right, Isaac, give me another question, something you've been thinking. We're back talking about the lottery. Uh, there's just so much, man. There's so many things you can analyze in this, and we got we got a lot of fun ahead in the month, the month going forward. So Mavs have it all. Allen in the post tweeted us and said, hey, who wants to figure out a way of snagging the 7th, 8th, or ninth pick while keeping our own? I want to hear some theories. Ooh. All right, so I played around with this. How could Dallas get a pick in that range what would it actually look like? I love doing trade stuff. You know, I love doing this. All right, so I'm just going. I'm going to use this as a basis. First off, it's going to be almost nearly impossible to keep your cap space and get one of those picks. So you're almost going to have yeah, to absorb yeah, yeah. a contract. So if you're okay with giving up cap, then I think there's a few ways to make it, and I have a couple three team trades for you. Ooh. All right, so we're looking at the Cavs pick. All right. So yep. Cavs are looking there. If they're losing LeBron, which I think they are, the Cavs should be saying, hey, let's. we need assets, okay? We need to shed money, and we need as many assets as we can. Are we getting the X Factor? <laughs> the X Factor. Oh, Larry Nance. <clears throat> All right, so. Larry I Nance is a good interview, by the way. You would enjoy him. I probably would enjoy him in real life, just not the player. But, so how could – Dallas get the Cavs eighth pick, but Cavs still get a pick in the top 10. So this is a Cavs Philly Mavs trade. Ooh. Okay. So the Mavericks would get, okay. The Cavs would get 
the 10th pick from Philly, they would move back two spots, the 33rd pick from Dallas, and Justin Anderson. Are we sure it's the 33rd or is it the 34th? I mean, I saw a bunch. 33rd because it, uh, it jumped. So since Atlanta jumped Dallas in the lottery, they moved down. So they moved to 34. We moved to 33. Skin and Bobby actually confirmed that today on their pod. Got it. Another person confirmed on Twitter today. But anyway, so we're at 33. So the Cavs would move back two spots in the draft, get Dallas's 33rd pick, and get Justin Anderson. <coughs> From Dallas? Where Justin Anderson? No, this is, this is Cleveland. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They would also shed the contract of Tristan Thompson. Oh, he's gone. Where's he going? To Dallas. Ugh. We did okay. this already. I know, but we listen, tried this at the trade deadline. Dallas would get the eighth pick from Cleveland. Okay, okay so I'll, I'll just say it all and then I'll explain it. Dallas would get the eighth pick from Cleveland, Tristan Thompson, and Jared Bayless. Okay. Okay. So pretty much Dallas would absorb the contract of Thompson and Bayless for the eighth pick. Philly, Philly sheds the contracts of Bayless and Anderson, which clears up about $10 million in cap. Ten more, and yeah. they get a top ten protected pick from Dallas for next top, year. For next year, top ten protected. Okay. Okay. Cavs get the tenth pick, the thirty third pick, and Justin Anderson. So, from Cleveland's perspective, what is a way we can gain assets? They still get a top ten pick. They get the tenth pick. We get we take a flyer on Justin Anderson, and we get the thirty third pick from Dallas. And we shed the contract of Tristan Thompson. So we open up some cap, maybe not pay the luxury tax next year. Assuming LeBron's leaving. Yeah. Philly's saying, hey, how can we shed cap space but not shed cap and give up a pick completely? They shed Bayless and Justin Anderson, clear up $10 million in cap, and basically just take a, a pick that they're pretty much going to have now, but push it back a year. They get Dallas's pick next year, top 10 percent. Yeah. Dallas sits there and says, this is the price to pay for the eighth pick. We'll take on Tristan Thompson, which is still due like 30-something million over the next two years, guaranteed. Yeah, it's a lot. And we'll take on Jared Bayless, which is like $8.5 million, but it comes with the eighth pick. So you would eliminate all of your cap space this summer, but you would get the eighth pick. I like the idea. Tristan Thompson is owed $17.5 million next year, $18.5 million the year after that, and those are both fully guaranteed. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure that's enough for seventy for the 76ers. A lot of these like complete cap dumps. I'm not sure work for a team unless they have something in place. If they have a Paul George in place, if they have a uh, yeah, I guess it would just be Paul George, right? Who else? Maybe maybe LeBron. I guess if that's yeah. I mean, if it's LeBron, Paul George, whatever. I mean, you're still getting a good pick. Like if it doesn't convey next year, you're gonna get it the year after that. You know the protections, how it works, or whatever. So you're pretty much saying, okay, we're picking now. Do we really want to add a rookie to this young core? Let's clear up ten million and push the pick back a year. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're Philly. Yeah, if they have a Paul George in place, I could see this for sure. Like if that's if that's something that's that's coming. Yeah. But this is also before <laughs> before free agency and that that would be tampering, Isaac. I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> well, this is, well, here's, these are but illegal here's an, things. But here's another thing. They also have another pick that's twenty six. I mean, they still have a first after that. So it's like they're gonna. Are they really gonna add two or three more rookies to this roster? Yeah, they're in the Give same boat as, as Boston, essentially with with all their picks. Boston, yeah. Boston could have like three lottery picks next year. All right, so let me move to the New York's pick. 
one one's a really simple question it as far as if new york really wants cap this summer if they think they have a shot lebron whatever will anybody take on noah for the ninth pick oof If New York I mean, really says, if we can shed joking Noah, we think we can get Paul George or straight LeBron. Up for the, straight up for the ninth pick. Would somebody take Noah for the ninth pick? Mm, somebody, maybe. I, I think somebody would. Would Dallas? Joakim Noah, 18 and a half next year, 19 the year <laughs> after. You would eliminate all your cap space. So pretty much you would say, hey, our cap space is nothing. We're but not going to get a free agent, pick. but we're going to get an extra pick, which is better than a free agent in my in my book. Which you're probably looking at Miles Bridges, Mikel Bridges. Um, yeah, Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell Carter Jr., like one of those guys. Would you be happy? Okay, so let's say they do this. Let's say they get the ninth pick. Would you be happy with Wendell Carter Jr. there? It just depends on who we get at five. Uh, they get uh, Mikel Bridges. I knew he was gonna say that. Um, I don't. I mean, it could be they, worse. Okay, they get Marvin Bagley. No, I no, you not get, together. Let's get the Duke front court again. I'm not. Sold didn't on. work. Didn't work the first time. We're gonna try it again in the. We'll pros. do a. We'll do a full mock draft coming up pretty soon. And I'm. Let me just say, I have Wendell in like the 12 to 14 range. Um. Okay. So, but here's a more realistic Knicks one. I think I would. Teams. I think I would do that trade though if I'm Dallas. Just take on Noah for the yeah. The pick. more I look at this free agent class, I'm just not super into it. There just doesn't seem to be any realistic good picks for me. Like all the ones that seem realistic and gettable be, are so flawed. You would be giving up 2019 space, also. Yeah, I'm okay with that because then I don't you, think it's worth the no. Because you get a, you get a you get a young piece for eight years. You know, like that's that's if what you're, you're telling me. Up. It's Mikel. You're if you're telling me we get Bomb at five and Mikel's there at nine, I would probably do it. Yeah, Bamba and Mikhail. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm in. I'm in on that for sure. I think I would shed a tear. I think I would cry. <laughs> Who else could be in that range? That nine range. So Wendell well, Carter, Mikhail, Miles Bridges, Miles, Wendell Carter, Jr. Zaire Smith, Robert no. Williams. You could get Mikhail Bridges and Robert Williams. Um, no, I'm not taking on Noah for Robert Williams. Get your boy Lonnie <laughs> Walker. I love Lonnie Walker, man. Don't get me started on Lonnie Walker. Okay, so let me give him a realistic one. Pretty much trade out the Knicks for the Cavs and bring in bring Philly back in. Okay, okay. I'm just gonna lay it all out there. Okay, Philly does the same thing: sheds Bayless and Justin Anderson, gets Dallas's top ten protected pick for next year. Okay, New York gets Wesley Matthews, the tenth pick, and Justin Anderson. So New York now has five shooting guards. Dallas gets the ninth pick. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Jared Bayless. Ooh, so the Knicks okay. are are giving up on Tim Hardaway Jr. They're they're done with it. They're cu- they're they're cutting bait on Hardaway's long term money. They want to clear up 2019 space for all the free agents 2019 because they got Fizdale. Porzingis will be back in 2019. Wesley Matthews will fill in for Tim Hardaway Jr. for a year this next year, and then he you know his contract's up. Yeah, they they move back just one spot. They still have the tenth pick. And then they get the flyer and Justin Anderson. For Dallas, you switch out Tim Hardaway and Wesley Matthews, so you're gonna have to pay the contract to Tim Hardaway for a while. Yeah, yeah you get you get a uh, 17 million next year, 18 million the year after that, and then almost 19 million player option in 2020-21. So, is 
paying Tim Hardaway a ton, pretty much $17 million a year for the next four years worth the ninth pick? It's for the next three years. Okay, for the next three years. Um, It is to me. I, I'm, I'm more of the let, let's play the long game. You yeah. know, and with with Tim Hardaway, you're not getting Noah. You're getting a guy that can actually play. That can play for sure. Would probably play the three for Dallas too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know him and no. Oh, well, okay. Well, I mean, he he'd be the three now, unless you got like a Bridges. Then you could play Bridges the three, but uh, he could, I think he play two. <clears throat> so no, then no. this is, he, he. I mean, yeah, he can play two for sure. But I think he would be a three for Dallas. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. In this so in this scenario, you're switching out Wes and Hardaway. Yeah. So you so really Bayless is the only thing that cuts into your cap. So in this in this trade scenario, you're going into free agency with the fifth pick, whoever that is, the ninth pick, and Tim Hardaway Jr. as your new additions. And Bayless takes eight million away, so you probably still have around twelve to fifteen million in cap space to play with over the summer. Yeah, you could still get a like a you might a be a decent player. Yeah, you could get somebody on that. Yeah, and that's that's if New York comes in and says, "Hey, we want to." I mean, I think it's a no-brainer for New York. I think it is to to get off the long-term money of Hardaway Jr. and move back just one spot. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And you get West to kind of train Nilakina. Like, heck, I mean, West might like it there and stay there long-term, whatever. But West in New York would be interesting. <clears throat> and then, you know, the whole Philly thing we just described, but like for Dallas, would Dallas do that? Would Dallas sacrifice that cap space for Tim for Tim Hardaway Jr. just to get the ninth pick, basically? That would be the, the tipping point. Yeah, that's another thing I would do. I, I'm not sure, again, for Philly, I'm not sure that's enough for them. Um, but you might be able to throw – I feel like there's a Hornets trade in there somewhere. So who's Philly getting there at ten? Like if Mikel's gone, is Gilgus Alexander, Miles Bridges, you know, Miles Bridges? I feel guys, like would be good for them. Is he worth ten million? Is he worth ten million in cash space this summer and you know the pick for next year? That's that's really saying wh- which is more valuable, whether it's Paul George or LeBron or not. Like if you swing and miss on those, like you still get ten extra million this this coming summer. And you still get a lottery pick next year, probably in Dallas, a pick that could be whatever. Yeah. That's my only, that's my whole thing with Philly. That's when when it comes into the stuff with like uh, the Bayless for tenth pick and stuff. I just think I I understand the basis of it, but I think Dallas would have to add like a protection on a future pick or something too. I don't think they're just going to shed the tenth pick for. Yeah, you know, I think they would be, they would give up the twenty sixth pick. With in, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. in those kind of trades earlier than they would do, but but for you, would that be worth it though? Mm. In my, in my mind, I was like, I would do that in a heartbeat. I would take on Bayless for twenty six million. But then I thought about, it, I was like, you know, I mean, for tw- the twenty six pick, pick, yeah, yeah, for twenty six. Um, <laughs> so then, I, but then I really thought about, it, I'm like, okay, we're going to be picking at thirty three. I, you know, that is, you know, do your math. That's like seven picks before us. At, you know, yeah, that's a, not, if you, a you, late. Yeah, if you're giving up that, if you're giving up 33 to move up to 26, that's yeah, no. If you're getting both of them, that's interesting. Still, if it's both of them, you're getting a late first, a Josh Hart type of player, maybe. Maybe, yeah. That's that's the high end of the late first to take you out of the running of any of those like restricted fours that 
Like you would not, your, your, your spending would go straight from 20 to like 10 or 12 at that point. Yeah. And would that be worth it? I don't know. I, I don't know if I would, I want to play around this summer with cap space. I, I feel like I'm getting more and different. more in the camp of the people that are like very down on free agency that are like, man, we shouldn't put any stock in free agency and not save up. Like let's, if we can get something interesting, if we can get a piece now, let's try that. Then wait and get our hearts ripped out during free agency. I like the idea <laughs> of the piece is high enough, but late first you're still getting you're still getting like in that range. Of, that range is so interesting though. Like, look at this is what Tankathon has in that in that sort of range. They've if Gary Trent, they have uh, Bruce Brown, they have uh, who's the Kada beat Bates Diop. What's how do you pronounce that guy's first name? Bates Job. I love him, man. Yeah, you have Chandler Hutchinson in that range. Isaac Bonga, you're you're high on. Guys, I'm pretty sad. Hutchinson pulled out of everything from the combine. He I has know. a promise. See, that, that's uh, disappointing. That means he's not going to last the 33. Gavoni tweeted that out today and said he's pulled out completely. This he has a promise in the 20 to 30. But if you get 26, then you could get him there. True. I thought the biggest surprise today was Mitchell Robinson pulled out of everything. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that too. That's wild to me. Like that was a dude that could really help his stock. He must definitely have a promise from someone. Or yeah, or teams are saying that they like the mystery. <laughs> you know, like they're they're hearing that Ooh, that the yeah. mystery of that guy is is kind of intriguing because they they just know so much about these guys that any kind of mystery is yeah. like, ooh player we don't know oh, okay. about. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, so that that's some trades for you. Those are interesting. Uh, I took value in those trades. Which one do you like better, the Cavs Philly Mavs or Knicks Philly Mavs? I like the Cavs Philly Mavs more for the Mavericks. Uh, I think the more realistic one is probably the Cavs Philly Knicks. So you would rather have Thompson Bayless in the eighth pick than Hardaway Bayless in the ninth pick? Hmm. Depends on who you're getting with those picks, I guess. Yeah, no, that's tricky. Also, Thompson just we could just make Thompson retire, right? Make Thompson retire. I'm just kidding. No, I think I. Oh, the the question then is like, would you rather have Hardaway or, or Thompson? Yeah, I think I would. Re- well, I think Hardaway, I would rather have Hardaway. <laughs> I would too. And you're paying Hardaway an extra year, I think, right? Yeah, it's a player option, but he'll definitely yeah, he, pick he, it up. He's picking that up. <laughs> I think I, I think I would lean Hardaway to circle all the way back around because of the interchangeable wings. Yeah, and Thompson, I just don't think you can play him on the floor with another big. That's and, a, that's a big that doesn't even have a skill. <laughs> we're not, we're not know, even talking about rebound it. A little bit. No, 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 that's not a skill. <laughs> no. I'm talking about a guy that could shoot, pass, guy, that <laughs> yeah, rim protect. Like he can't do any of those things. That's true. That's tough. I don't know how that dude's still in the NBA. Like, like props to him. He hustled it. He li- he legit hustled his way to a max into deal LeBron's that camp that yeah, would convince the Cavs to give him a big contract. But he had huge games in the playoffs, though. Like it, he, he did. Yeah, he did not earn all that contract, but he earned most of it. Like he earned, he earned a lot a of lot that of in the playoffs. Like that is that is the Joe Flacco esque deal where he, you know, like he balled out and then they they paid him for what he had already done instead of what he was going to do. <coughs> So anyway, people are asking if you can get. Hey, I'm gonna leave the Flacco slander away because <laughs> Nick likes Andy Andy Dalton. So <laughs> at least Flacco got me a ring. So, um, so yeah, people is asking, can Dallas get another draft pick? 
I just gave you a handful of options. I mean, even with the would you take Noah for the ninth, would you take on Gallinari for the 12th and 13th, you know, stuff like that. There's four or five options. I'm sure some of y'all will tweet at me and say, he's the stupidest person on Twitter, whatever. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> I think it, I, I, I find, personally find it super hard to find a realistic trade without to get another pick without eliminating cap space this summer. Yeah. So, yeah. That that's super hard or giving up an asset, like giving up five or, you know, to move back or something like that. Yeah. Keeping five, keeping Dennis and, you know, not giving up an unprotected 2019, something like that. I, I don't want to do that. I feel like a Hornet. I feel like there's a Hornets trade somewhere. They, they got all these contracts they want to give up and, I feel like there's something. There. I, they got just a, don't they got like. There's a couple of those teams you don't know the direction, and so when I look at them, like yeah. Hornets, like are they going to keep Kimba or not? Are they going to rebuild or are they going to try to win? Chicago's kind of in a spot for me, like that. It, they're like Dallas. They like have a couple like Markinens, like Dennis, like a young guy. They got they got a couple more young pieces and like Chris Dunn, like Levine, stuff like that. But it's like they're not. I don't think they care enough to give up marking in or like Chris Dunn's not going to get you in the top three, you know, like, yeah. And that's one of those things I did. Somebody tweeted at me today and said, Hey, did you see the Dennis Schroeder situation? Yeah. Do you, do you think that because of this Atlanta will take Trey young at three now? I'm like, eh, no, mm, probably not. Um, I think they do like Trey young, but so anyway, there's that. And you know, my four is Bamba Bridges, Jackson Jr., and Porter. I just I can't say anything about Porter until we get updates, medicals, all the stuff like that. Today is the combine. Really doesn't mean a ton for us because the combine really affects those late first seconds. It means something for us. Like that thirty third pick could be something um, cool to see if somebody stands out. There's a couple guys I'm looking at. Hopefully we'll get some things maybe we can talk about for Friday's pod that sticks out measurements. I yeah. think Mo Bamba's measurement came out today of seven ten wingspan. It's uh, incredible, but um, that's something, man. It's insane. But anyway, that's all I got, Nick. I'm like long, my third. My throat's hurting right now. I've talked so much. Yeah, Isaac. Uh, so we tweeted that picture of us drinking Capri Sun yesterday to drown out our sorrows, and it turns out Isaac Doctor said that he cannot use a straw, so he outed himself. I didn't know you couldn't use a straw after wisdom teeth surgery, so I'm over here just downing Capri Suns. You know, like he had like you had like two or three. I love Capri Suns, man. <laughs> that's like my that's my weakness. <laughs> wow, that's that's a bad weakness, Isaac. You got to get over that, man. Got to get control of your life. Capri Suns and cigars. <laughs> What a combo. <laughs> and on that note, guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. We're getting through it together. The draft is still fun. There's lots of trade scenarios. Still got that still got that cap space. There's still stuff to do. So we'll come up with a lot of trade ideas. But thanks so much for listening, guys. Peace out. Boom.